Awesome. You guys doing well this morning? It's still morning. It's not afternoon. Might be afternoon in a little while. I'm so grateful for the presence of the Lord. I'm grateful that God confirms his word. You know, sometimes as a, a leader, a pastor, it's challenging sometimes to wonder if you're really hearing from God. You might think it's easier for, for us, but um, it's not. I take this very seriously, and I, I take my, don't take my job lightly to, to bring you what the Lord, I believe the Lord is saying, as an encouragement. So I'm thankful for when I hear words in the service and encouragements, and I just go, oh, thank you, Jesus. That was the same thing. Okay, well, do you know I have to preach now? Okay, so anyhow, um, I've had some things stirring in my heart in the last number of months, and many things come when I'm in prayer or when I'm in my devotional time. And this morning, I feel like the Lord wants to share this word of hope in the battle. Hope in the battle. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what things are hitting you if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling broken or overwhelmed, if you're feeling run down, you're waiting for some kind of breakthrough for something in your life. Maybe you're praying for family members or friends around you just to receive Jesus. Maybe you're waiting for a miracle of healing. Maybe you're wondering when you're gonna, things are going to change. Maybe you're battling dreams and thoughts. It doesn't matter what you're battling to know that there is hope in the battle. As we read throughout Scripture, there are so many people that face battles and trials in so many different circumstances. And there really is nothing new under the sun, but a lot of times when circumstances hit us or a battle hits us, it feels unique to us, and it feels like no one ever has gone through this before. It does feel that way. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he gives us strength and hope in the battle. I believe when I was in prayer the other night here at on Sunday night, I believe the Lord spoke to me that there's waves of battles coming. And I, at first I was like, wait, what? <laughs> waves, really? Because <laughs> sometimes when you get through a battle, you're like, really, is there another one? Do I have to go through another one? Do you ever feel that way? Am I the only one who just doesn't, I don't like that? But I, I believe God speaks to us to prepare us and to get us ready because he knows he is able to get us through those battles. You know, when I was nine years old, I, I mean, we remember Missionettes, the days of Missionettes and Royal Rangers. that sound familiar to you? It was a girls' club, boys' club, but in Christian terms. Uh, nine years old, we went to um, a little retreat thing in Santa Cruz, California, out to the boardwalk in the ocean, and it was really fun. And I went in swimming in the ocean. I was very familiar with the ocean. But um, I turned my back on the ocean, which I now tell my children, never turn your back on the ocean. I turned my back, and a wave hit me and knocked me off my feet, and I went rolling, somersaults, and I was fighting and struggling to find the ground. I finally found the ground. I was like, here's the sand. I feel it. I stuck my feet, and I stood up, and another wave hit me over the top, and I went tumbling again. And I remember I got up again, and I, luckily I was far enough, into, it pushed me a little bit into the shore, but I got up, and I looked around, and no one saw that this happened. And I, I have a very, very healthy fear of the ocean. It's not my favorite place, but I do go back in occasionally. 
But when those waves keep hitting you again and again and again, and you're trying to stand up, and you just feel like it's knocking you down again, that's what I, I feel is a good picture for us this morning, uh, that there, there's waves of battles coming, but you can find your ground, and you can stand up, and you can have victory. It's not going to overtake us, and it's not going to take you down, <laughs> and not going to take you out. But if you would turn with me in your Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 20, this is where we're going to read from today. The Lord spoke this chapter to me. I've I been reading all, all the Chronicles. I, if this, these are amazing books. I love reading about the battles and the kings and the things that happened and the way that God dealt with people. And sometimes it's just even encouraging to see the fight that they had to go through in and out of every king that was for the Lord and against the Lord and how they had to stand. It, it's just incredible. The word is incredible. Right? It's all good. So we're going to get in a lot of the word this morning. First of all, hope in the battle comes from prayer and fasting. Let's start in verse 1 through 4, if you'll read with me. It happened after, the, after this that the people of Mon, Ammon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hatzazon Tamar, which is an Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. See, in this, there's an there's a army coming and a multitude coming. I don't know what it feels like. Those battles that you're facing sometimes feels like a multitude is after you. But fear can be a very good motivator in two different ways. It can motivate us and catapult us into action to seek the Lord, as you see here. But it also can be, there can be a reverent fear of God. I want you to do something. God, I know there's a fear here of God that if I don't get a hold of you, I'm going to lose. So fear can be a good motivator. And they were afraid. They're like, there's, there's something going on, but Jehoshaphat, as a leader, said, I'm going to declare that we're going to seek the Lord. He said, I myself will seek him, but I'm calling for a fast that we may seek him together. And he called for fasting. How many of you, when I say that word, you're like, eh. I'll tell you an awesome story of fasting for me. I know you love my stories. Well, maybe you don't, but um, this one, um, as I was learning to fast when I was in college, I had a friend who had a desire to stop smoking. So about five of us decided, we're going to stand alongside her, we're going to pray, we're going to, God, give her the strength to do this. I mean, we were, if we were young, right? but just take that in consideration here this morning. And uh, we were so focused, and we're like, we're canning food, canning food. We joke about getting some cheeseburgers and blending them up. We're like, if it's liquid, it's not really food, right? And we're, we would really, just really joke about this. So we were like, we're going to do this for a week, for every day, and we were, we're getting into like fourth day, and we're all getting really hungry, and we're just start, for like two hours, we started joking about what we could put in the blender. We didn't do it, but I'm just, I'm saying this because fasting is difficult. I'm also the one who I start fasting, and I remember walking into a bank for, with a friend of mine, and they had a display of cookies, and like, would you like a cookie? I'm like, sure, and I put it in my mouth and took a bite, and I went, oh, man, and then I was like, oh, shoot, now I can't fast, the day is over, and I don't know, fasting is difficult for me. I, I still do it, and I still thank God, but sometimes we mess up. And even in the day that we live in, there's, there's this thing called intermittent fasting. 
And so I have to battle my own thoughts of like, this is not why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this for health. I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing it because I want to reach for him. But I have to battle it because my thoughts will go on other things and I'll be thinking about these other things rather than the purpose for which I'm fasting. I just want to be real with you. So my fasting can be difficult, but it's important. It's important that we pick that. I think it's a lost thing within the church. People don't like to give it up. We, we need to start talking a little about how to give up our flesh. Our flesh is super, mine especially, if you want to get close to me, I'll, I'll tell you, get to know me a little bit. My flesh is pretty strong. Yeah, that's my husband. Thank you, honey. <laughs> that, was good. that was a great place to say amen, I guess. <laughs> I do. I have strong, strong things in me, but I want it to come under the government of the Spirit, and I want to find God's answers, and some of those things only come by prayer and fasting. And when you're facing a battle in your life and you're facing something that just seems astronomical and there's no way out, there's one place to begin. And you're saying, but that's not hope. You don't have hope yet, but this is how you get there. You need to get on your knees and you begin to take those things in life and begin to focus on what God wants. See, when we pray, we start to align our hearts with God. So this morning, I want to give you a little push. I'm going to give you a little acronym. Is that, is that, can you put that up there, Ben? Is that up there? I hope it was working this morning. Oh, it isn't there. Is, I love acronyms. Uh, this one is PUSH. And it means pray until something happens. Often we begin to just ask God, will you do this? And we do nothing else. No, pushing. There's, there's something that needs, we need to begin to push past our flesh. We need to pray until we hear God speak. We need to pray until we see God answer. We need to pray until we hear what he's saying to us and what he wants to do. I'm going to give you a little PUSH this morning. Pray until something happens. I know we announce prayer every single week and here, but I encourage you to be here when the word prayer meetings is announced. Be in the building. Be here. Be present. Say, God, I'm going to push past my flesh, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to fast. You know, in Luke chapter 18, it talks about two different kinds of people who are fasting, or praying, I mean, and fasting. And one said, I fast twice a week and I give my tithes at all that I possess. And the other said, he was a publican that stood far off and he said, I will not lift up my eyes to heaven. And he smote his breast. And he said, God, be merciful to me. See, there are people who are very strong in fasting <laughs> and prayer. And there's some that are not. But if you come before the Lord in humility and say, God, this is, I need you. I need your heart. I need to hear what you're speaking. I need to see where the victory is. Jehoshaphat and this, this company, they were afraid. But they said, God, we're going to set our eyes to seek you. We're going to seek you, Lord. In Isaiah 58, God encounters people and said, your fasting is wrong. Because they said, I'm gonna, we're going to fast, but we're going to hold on to our sin. They were beating people and their servants, and they were doing all sorts of things they should not be doing, but they're still fasting. See, God, when we fast, it's, there's something he starts to get inside of you, and he's like, yeah, there's some stuff there. There's some stuff you need to deal with. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing, but we need to let go of our sin and the things that keep us from hearing. God wants the sin out of our life. He wants those attachments. He wants those things to the world, the things that, and he'll show you. I don't need to tell you what those things are. Let them go. Let him open up your heart. But that's what prayer and fasting does. 
Well, just, just, say, just say, Lord, tomorrow I'm going to fast, and you'll start to feel the things that stir up of the I don't want to. Right? But in Isaiah 58, it also says, this is the fast that I have chosen, chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let, let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke, to deal bread to the hungry, to bring the poor who have been cast out, bring them in, to clothe the naked. This is the fast that God has chosen. So these are battles that people are facing. And these are the things that we need to have in our hearts, and that comes by aligning ourselves with him while we pray. God, I'm over here and I'm asking this, but I know over here you have an answer, so bring me to where you are. A lot of times when we pray, we say, God, answer me here. Do it my way. But God's saying, no, I want you to do it my way. Lean into where I am and what I'm speaking and what I'm saying. There's hope in the battle. Secondly, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 5 through 13, there's hope when we know his word and we act upon it. I thank the word that Christy shared this morning and declaring the promises because this is in my notes. I love this. There's something about when you understand what God has promised and you hold him to it. I, lately, I'm like, Lord, I just, your word says this, so do this. This is what you say, so do it. This is your word, not my word. This is yours. I can, I can hold him to the promises that he speaks. So let's read in verse 5. It says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and in Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might? So you're declaring who God is over our circumstances. They're declaring, God, there's a mighty army here. We're afraid of them, but this is you. Is there not power and might? so that no one is able to withstand you. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of his land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? He's declaring the promises. God, you gave us this. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, again, what battle are you facing? We will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and we will cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save us. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Have you ever felt like this where, God, why is this happening to me? Why has this affliction come upon me? Am I not your servant? Am I not your child? Why do I have to deal with this? Why am I out of money? Why are the financial situations? Why are these people over here persecuting me? Why am I facing this? So Jehoshaphat cries out, Oh God, Will you not judge them? For we have no power against this multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. You in that place this morning? It says, but our eyes, our eyes are upon you. It says, now all thou, all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. 
See, when we begin to speak God's promises and declare back to him, God, you promised, you promised this life. This place, Seattle, Linwood, this is our inheritance. You've given it to us. So I want to go out and battle. And in prayer and fasting and the strength of your word that you have given us this land. If you said every soul of the, where our foot will tread you have given to us, then I declare it in this area and in this town. Do you declare his promises? But what happens is the unbelief just overwhelms us. And we just, we don't, we don't stand in this battle. We just say, oh. It's just too hard. We get discouraged by the voice of the enemy rather than continuously declaring till we see the victory and knowing there's hope. There's hope in God's word, not in what I say, but in his word. So when he speaks a promise that we're to tread, where every place of soul we're to tread, I love this verse. I looked it up. I'm like, what does this mean to tread? And it actually is an actionable thing where it says, I'm going to tread. It's like bending of a bow. Somebody picks up a bow to aim. There's an action there's action for us to take hold. We pick up the bow and begin to stretch. It's hard to stretch bows. We tried this at a ladies' retreat one time. We had to hit the, try and hit the target. It's not easy. I thought it was like, oh, this isn't so bad. But uh, maybe for Megan. It's, she's, May, Megan will have to show us her skills sometime. But uh, stretch back the bow. You bend it back, and you're ready to aim at something. Are you ready to aim at what God wants you? Take it into the battle and say devil, I'm coming after you. You can't have hold on me. This is what Jehoshaphat's calling. He's like, don't let this enemy overtake us. Don't let him win in this battle. We are your people. In the words of our dear Mark Casimus, we heard this part of his testimony yesterday, and I'm going to share this one more time. If you weren't here and didn't hear this part, so wonderful to hear his part of a piece of his testimony, what he shared. He said this, Nothing the enemy has is stronger than him, ever. Put your trust in him, and he will cover you. I must say that one more time. Nothing the enemy has is stronger than him, ever. Put your trust in him, and he will cover you. So it's time to act upon his word. I mean, God's word says we are to tread upon the high places, in Deuteronomy, and 1 Samuel says we're supposed to tread the thresholds of Dagon. Psalms 91 says we're to tread on the lion and the adder, or the snake. We get to tread on some things. That's our promise and our hope in the battle. Hope comes by knowing God is with us. See, when you begin to hear his word and you begin to re- receive his promise and speak his promises, all of a sudden there's, there's things that start to stir up in you and go, oh, okay, God, you are with us. You're not abandoning us. I might be afraid. I'm calling upon you. I'm on my knees and I'm beginning to hear and remind you of the promises you've made to me. Promise that I will have health in my body. Promise that you will supply my every need. I hear it and now I'm starting to receive it. You're really with me. You haven't abandoned me. Romans 8 verse 31 through 39 says this. What then shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died, more than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? Oh, praise God. He's, pray- he's, he's on your side. The King of kings, the Lord of lords is on your side. 
Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? What are we talking about this morning? What battle are you facing? Should distress? Should persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sakes, we are being killed all the day long. We're regarded as sheep before the slaughter. There's battle upon battle upon battle. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure... Are you sure this morning? I want to make sure that you're sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in this creation will be able to separate you from the love of God. There is no battle that you cannot face, that there is not victory in Jesus. There is nothing that you can say to me this morning that I will not say unto you that God has power to change your situation. That if you're sick or you're facing an addiction, it can fall right now in the name of Jesus. It can, he can take it. He can lift it. All you need to do is come before him in prayer and fasting and say, God, this is your word. You declare that I can have victory, so I declare victory over my life in Jesus' name. That my circumstances will change today by the power of Jesus. Are you ready to push? Are you ready to pray until something happens? See, when God spoke that word to me and the battles are coming, my heart response first was like, really? Can I just, do I have to just sit back and take it like I did when I was nine? I'm fighting to stand up. I don't want to do this again. But no, I need to have my arms stretched wide. I need to have my knee bent to the floor and say, Jesus, give me an answer for this battle that we're about to face. We cry out in battle in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 9. It said, if disaster comes upon us, your memories are reminding them. If all this stuff comes, we will stand before you in your presence. And we, you will hear us. And you will save us. God's promise is so good. The Bible says, my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. We need to get a different perspective in the battle that we're facing. And in verse 13, we just read this. It said, now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. I'm just going to do a little plug here for all you families. Please. As a kids minister, I've been doing kids ministry since I was 18. Please, I beg you to teach this to your children. Teach them how to stand before the Lord in prayer. We put so many other things before them so that we can do what we need to do and get done. Things that don't keep their eyes on Jesus. Things to just plug the holes. And I understand those things. I've done many of these things. But also my heart cries out, I want my kids in prayer. I want them to learn how it is to stand before the Lord. This is a corporate thing. This is a family matter. We need to teach them to participate, that they have a vital part in prayer. What was that this morning? A younger generation. There's a switch over the younger generation. Teach them. Lead them. Bring them. Don't think they're too young. Encourage them. Do you have something you need to pray out? Do you need to be a part of this? You need to be part of what God is doing because you're the ones that are going to lead it. So there's my plug, families. You're welcome. Bring your families in. The next hope that we have in battle is to take our position and stand. That's another aspect of how hope comes. You get to set yourself in one place 
on the Lord's side, I hope. Second Chronicles 20, verse 14 through 17 says this. I know we're reading a lot of scripture this morning, but I love the word of God. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, and the Levi, a Levite of the sons of Asa, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen. Oh, here come, you love it when the word of the Lord comes. You're like, oh, yeah, here we go. He's answering, God is really answering. I know that he's with me, but he's really answering. He's making it really clear. Listen, all you of Judah and your inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of this brook before the wilderness of Jerel. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing these things. Doing my best. You will not need to fight in this battle. That's, these are the kind of answers I like, too. <laughs> Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Well, I, I looked at this, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. They still had to go out. They still had to take a position to stand, and that standing means to face. You need to face your enemy. If you have an addiction, you need to face your enemy. If you have a financial situation, you need to face it and say, God, I'm standing here. I'm taking a position that says you are the Lord over all and that you will provide everything. I'm taking a stand and I'm going to face, I'm not going to cower away and get depressed because I don't have what I need today because tomorrow the answer is coming. Where is your position? Where is the stand that you are taking? This is something that we get to do together. The Lord took me to the passage, which was our, our shared a little bit this morning by Pastor Branson, in Exodus chapter 17, where Moses is leading his people and saying, Joshua, go out to battle against Amalek. And he says, I want you to hold your rod in the air. And as you hold that up, the battle will be yours. But what is amazing to me, what there was a time where his arms got tired, and he, the Bible says he let down his hands and the enemy prevailed. So there was a time. It doesn't mean he had victory the entire time. He actually got tired and he let his hands down. And the enemy, the battle began to turn. They were all seeing, they're like, what is happening? But what happened was somebody else came alongside him. Aaron and her came alongside and said, we will sit you on a rock and we will hold up your hands. We will stand with you in this battle. Because we want to see the work of God completed. So sometimes you need the body of Christ to surround you in the battle and say, let us lift up your hands. You are not alone. Whatever you're facing, the depression, the anxiety, the addictions, you are not alone. And you're not to be ashamed because we're here to hold you up. I've got your back, but do you have mine? I want somebody to stand with me in the battle. That's why we're calling for prayer nights and worship. We're saying, God, answer. We want to call upon your name. We want you to move. So that standing still is the facing. We're going to position ourselves. There are sometimes God will say, engage in a battle. This isn't the only type of battle that we see throughout Scripture. There are times they actually had to go out and fight. 
There's times where you will stand, but you will position yourself until the battle's won. That's what they did. They had to go out. They just sometimes I feel like sometimes we really, when we ask God questions, we kind of just sit there like it's going to be like we rub the lamp and he's going to just like poof, we're done. There's a position and a part that we have to active, act upon. That's become, that's the pushing. God wants us to act upon his word. You have to speak it out. Some of, us, some of you are not good at speaking the promises of God. You're so used to speaking the depression or the, the words that the enemy comes and says, I just don't know if I can't. No. Faith is strong. His word is powerful. So speak his word. Stop speaking your own. There's power in this tongue of ours. Have you not read that? So if your friend next to you can look at them for a second. If they're starting to speak something negative or something that is other than God's word, call them out on it in love and say, that's not what Jesus says. This is what he says. Repeat after me. <laughs> Let's teach each other how to speak faith and life because there's hope in your battle that you're facing. Some of you don't even want to share the battle that you're facing, but I want to encourage you. We are here to lift you up and to stand before the Lord together until that victory is done in your life. Because when that victory is done, I guarantee another one's going to come. But you're going to be like, see what God did there? I can stand here. Let's go. This is my position because I know what my God can do. That's why we declare his promises. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 and 18, a very familiar passage to all of us. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Stand therefore having your loins girded, or your waist, sorry, having girded your waist with truth, having put the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So church, you have to get on some armor because we're going to be facing some battles. We're going to face them corporately and individually. And they're going to feel like waves. You're going to feel like, I just got through this. Do I have to go through another? Yes. But I'm here to tell you there's hope in every battle that you face coming forward. This last part in verse 18 in Ephesians 6 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. See, we put on our armor so that we can stand with somebody else for all the saints. This isn't just my armor so I can fight my own battle. I have to put on my armor because there's a whole, there's a whole world out here. There's you. There's the people out there. I'm going to fight for them. I'm going to fight for you. The battle is not ours. It's his. Because they're not just coming after us. They're coming after us of who God is in you. So that's how we fight. Say, so God, this is attacking me because it's trying to attack my faith in you. It's trying to get me discouraged so I will let go of who you are. And I will just say, no, I don't believe you. All these battles that come at us, they're really to discourage our faith in God. So that's where we say, no, I fight from a place of victory. I fight because this is his victory. You can't have victory unless you go through a battle, by the way. There is no victory unless there's a battle. So if you want to say, I want to walk in victory, Lord, okay, well, then you just ask for a battle. So you're welcome.
A soldier who is sent into battle that is un- and who is unprepared can do great damage. So if you're not prepared and you're not ready, I encourage you to pray and to fast before the battle comes. Or you're starting to feel it. You're starting to feel the battle come. I want you to encourage you to pray and to fast and get a hold of what God is saying. Lastly, hope comes before victory. Often when I face battles, I'm discouraged until I'm like, I'm through it. And then I'm like, oh, praise God, I made it. I made it to the other side. That's not how God wants us to see this. And in this passage in 2 Chronicles 20, 18 and 19, it says this. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all of Judah, all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. This is before they went out. The word of the Lord had come. They'd received it. They got here. Here's your promises. You are talking to us. It says, then the Levites and the children of the Kohites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. See, when we begin to let faith arise in our hearts and hope arise that God is speaking and he's going to do it, we've taken the position to stand on his word and his promise and declare the victory is ours. We can watch him move. We can watch. You're just, you're just like you're waiting for it. You're like, I took a stand. So if you have an addiction and you say, I've thrown this off today. And today, we heard the word cold turkey there yesterday that Marcus Evans had when he was young. And he just cold turkey through it. He gave his life to Jesus and said, I'm getting rid of the drugs and the alcohol and all this other stuff. And I'm going to stand. And just that was it. It didn't need to be a process because he took a stand and said, Jesus is on my side. This battle is mine. And I don't need to go back to that stuff over here. Praise God for the victory. Praise him for what he's doing in your life. Take a position and let faith arise. God is ready to answer. Will you stand with me this morning? Remember to pray until something happens. You need to push. We need to reach. We need to wait until God speaks. There's hope in the battle this morning. Christy, can you come? I want you to just close your eyes right where you're at. Because I, I don't know the battle you're facing. I know some of the battles that you're facing. But God sees the battle that you're facing this morning. And there's nothing too difficult for God. And I believe that this morning, if you will surrender that battle to him and say, God, maybe you're so afraid of this battle that you're facing. You're afraid of going under. You're afraid of losing hope. I want you to just lift it before the Lord. Just hold your hands out if you need to do that too. Just hold it before the Lord and say, God, this is the battle that I'm facing. You see it? I need an answer from you. Maybe it's you're in the position of, I need to pray and I need to fast to find the answer. Maybe in the position I just, I need to stand. I need, I need to hear your word. I need to just declare your promises. Start declaring his promises this morning. If you know his word, declare his promises.
when they went out to battle in the end of this chapter, they believed God for the victory. They began to sing. Jehoshaphat reminded them of the words of the Lord. And he said, believe him and you will be established. Just believe him. And what happened to the enemy at this point, they, God set an ambush on each other. They ambushed each other in this battle. They, didn't even have, they just got to stand there and watch it. And they said, none escaped. None escaped. God is so good. They just got to watch what God will do. And I want you to encourage you today, watch what God will do in these battles that you're facing or about to face. But don't give up as the wave comes. Let hope arise. Don't give up and on your pushing. If it's finances this morning, let hope arise and see the provision of God. If you need a job, let hope arise that he's aligning things right now for you in Jesus' name. And I declare that over each and every one of you. If you need deliverance from tormenting spirits, I say we bind those evil spirits in Jesus' name. And I loose the presence and the power of God. And I say evil spirits and tormenting spirits, you will not enter back into that body in Jesus' name. We set you free in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I pray for the prodigal sons and daughters in this house. Those who've walked away from you, I say, let hope arise. There's hope in Jesus' name. God, you said in your word that you want everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of who you are. So we say against the power of the enemy that you have no more hold on them in Jesus' name. God, we pray for their salvation today. I say, let hope arise over every son and daughter who has walked away from you. I pray for those who don't even know you yet, God. I pray for the battle of their souls. Father, we stand in agreement that you desire that everyone, every single one, that is your word, God, and we speak your words this morning. Let hope arise today. If you're fighting addiction, I pray in Jesus' name that every enemy has been defeated and death will no longer work in your body. In Jesus' name, we declare victory. Your body is not yours, but it belongs to him. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I declare freedom in Jesus' name over every addiction in this place. If you're facing a battle this morning and you just need to stand before the Lord, I want to invite you to come. And I want you to take a position that you're going to say, God, I, I'm here to listen to what you have to say in the midst of this battle. I want to pray until I see something change. Now is the time. Don't wait till you go home. There's anointing right here, up here at this altar. I want you to come if you're facing any type of battle, sickness. If you're facing any time of addiction, I want you up here at this altar. And I want you to lay it before the feet of Jesus and say, God, I want to stand here and I'm going to pray until I see something break. I'm going to stand here until I see something happen. Don't be afraid of it. There's a whole church here ready to stand with you. I'd like our prayer teams to come on up. And we're going to pray. And we're going to lift up your hands. Church, I want you to pray. If you're free in a battle right here, there's no battle you're facing right now, I want you to pray. This is how we do this corporately. You got your armor on, you need to pray. And stand with those up here to pray with them in this battle. We want to, I want you to know that something's right. Pray, don't stop praying until you feel it for them.
till you see the battle and then broken, hear those things broken off in Jesus' name.